Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Today, being Monday in Holy Week, we are at the watershed of this whole season and Christ's ministry and the transition into this week leading up to his passion. This sort of watershed moment began actually in our readings on Saturday. Uh, In the Mass on Saturday, we didn't have Mass here, but we went down to Waynesboro to the mission there and said Mass there. And our reading was from Uh, John's Gospel, chapter 12, which is the pivotal chapter in John's Gospel. And then yesterday, of course, Palm Sunday and Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And today, in our Gospel, we return back to John chapter 12. Again, this is sort of the pivotal watershed chapter in his Gospel. Up until chapter 12, Jesus said repeatedly, it's not my hour, it's not my hour, it's not my hour. You remember at the wedding of Cana, he said to his mother, it's not my hour. When they tried to come and uh, kill him, he hid himself, John says, because it was not his hour. But here in John chapter 12, for the first time, we read, Jesus says in verse 23, the hour has come. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. His hour, which John repeatedly speaks of, the very reason that he has come, he has come to ascend this instrument of shame and death, the instrument of our salvation, the cross, the most ignoble, vulgar, sordid way a person could be tortured and put to shame, as we said yesterday, dehumanized and killed. This purpose, this hour, this purpose for which he came is his glorification as well. Now we think of his resurrection as his glorification, but he says here that the man shall be glorified, that he shall be, the son of man shall be glorified in his hour as a grain that falls into the ground and dies. He identifies his glorification and this holy hour in this passage with his death. Here's a quick review of what else takes place in John's 12th chapter. As we heard tonight, this is the beginning of the chapter, Jesus is anointed for burial by Mary in the home of his dear friend, recently resurrected Lazarus. The betrayer is there and he protests, saying the money should have been spent for the poor, but of course we know he was uh, stealing from the money box. Murder, we read, has filled the hearts of the chief priests, and they even plotted to have Lazarus killed again because his resurrection had caused many to believe in Jesus. Then after this anointing, there is in this plot, there is Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a small little baby donkey. The next thing that happens 
in chapter 12, which we might gloss over, but it's actually very important, and I want to point out, is that some Greeks come seeking Jesus. Philip and Andrew introduce them to Christ. And in this context, these Greeks coming to Jesus um, is, is in the very context of him saying, this is my hour that they have come. And it's because, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. His passion, his death, this new faith and religion is not just for the Jews anymore. Well, it never really was, but it is for the nations. It's for the world, and this is a major important theme of our faith that now God has been revealed in Christ's crucifixion and resurrection to the world. In the solidarity of death, this great harvest will come from the seed that dies in the ground. Immediately after the encounter with the Greeks, Jesus prays this. He says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. He said, he said this signifying by, why, by what death he would die. I want to comment briefly on this proclamation of Jesus that he makes in verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now as the ruler of this world will be cast out. But before I do that, I want to draw your attention to what he says just a few moments after he says that. Just a few moments later, he says, And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So which is it? <laughs> which is it? Jesus came to die. And his death is the judgment of the world. And yet he says he did not come to judge the world. Ah, oh, this is just normal Bible talk. You know, I think in one place he says, uh, don't do your works to be seen uh, before men. And then like a few verses later he says, do your works before men so they can glorify my Father in heaven. First, what does it mean that his death is the judgment of the world? Well, in his death, the power of sin is destroyed. St. Paul calls sin a power. There are sins, transgressions. Oh, Father, I, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. There are sins, but there's sin. There's a power of sin. And in his death, the power of sin is destroyed. And this destruction of the power of sin is accomplished in very much the same way that hell and death are destroyed by his descent into them. He, he dove into hell. He dove into death. He aligned himself with it. He, 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 he went right down into it. And by his immersion of himself into these things, they're destroyed. He who is light, very simple, 
enters the darkness, the darkness is overcome. It is destroyed. He who is life goes down into death. Death is overwhelmed and destroyed by life. Well, the same principles at work in the destruction of the world and sin. And we can take the judgment of the world here, at least in part, as a judgment on sin, the permeation of the power of sin that runs through the world. When he who is the pure and spotless lamb embraces, becomes a curse. In the words of St. Paul, when he takes upon himself and unto himself our sin, he dives into our sin in a way like he dives into death and into hell. Not just our sins, but the permeating power of sin. That sin, by his purity, by the pure spotless lamb, who is righteous and holy, sin is unrighteous, unholy. The righteous holy one, when he dives into that sin itself and takes that curse unto himself, the curse is destroyed and judged. It's condemned. It is destroyed by righteousness. Christ came to justify the unrighteous. That is to make those who are permeated and shot through by this power of sin, those who are very much unlike God, the ungodly, the unrighteous. He came to make them righteous. That's what he came to do. He came to justify them. Same word, justification and righteousness is the exact same Greek word. He came to justify, to make them righteous. In other words, and what this really means, to put it in very simple terminology, he came to fix us. He came to fix us. Rectify. When you hear the term righteous, and it's used as a verb, righteous can be used in the sense of God's, God is righteous, in the sense that God is holy. There is only one who is righteous, God. Don't think of it in terms of moralism for a minute. Think of it in terms of ontology. God is, and He is holy, and He is righteous. He alone, it is proper to His uncreated divinity, divine nature, His righteousness, His holiness. But He also makes righteous. His holy divine power flows forth from Him to His creatures, He shares it with us. He makes us like Him. Godly. And that's what Christ's coming is all about. This language about justification and making righteous. So we are unlike God, ungodly, unrighteous. He came to justify us, in other words, to make us righteous, in other words, to fix us to rectify the problem and to make us like God so that we could have a relationship with God. The judgment of God on the power of sin through the death of Jesus Christ, this is our release, our healing, our salvation. He was delivered up for our offenses, delivered up in his suffering and death, raised up upon the cross, 
He became a sin offering upon the cross. He became a curse. He is cursed whoever is hung upon a tree. He was delivered up for our offenses. That's His embrace of our sinful condition. And then He was raised for our justification. So He took upon our sin. He embraced our curse by hanging on the tree. And then in the power of the resurrection, as the God-man rose from the dead and destroyed death, became immortal, our condition, our problem, our mortality, our corruption was rectified in Jesus Christ. In other words, we were justified, we were fixed, humanity was fixed through the destruction of the power of sin in his death and through making man immortal in his resurrection. Now when he says a few verses later that he did not come to judge the world, first he says the world is judged, and that's by his death. And then he says that he did not come to judge the world. He means it in a different sense here. He means he did not come to destroy, to condemn and destroy the worldly man himself, but to destroy the power of sin at work in this man, which makes him worldly, i.e. unrighteous. He didn't come to destroy the unrighteous man. He came to destroy the power of sin that makes the man unrighteous. He came to save. He came to save. That's why he came. But he came to save, not to destroy man, but to redeem man. But there's a caveat here. But that does not mean that some won't be judged. It is those who refuse to believe his word, though. Not because he came to judge and condemn them. That is not the heart of God. The heart and desire of God as we see by his embrace of our our very curse, our very suffering and sin and death. That's his heart. That's his love for us. And yet some will not hear his word. And it is his word. It is the truth that he has proclaimed. That will judge and condemn those who refuse to believe. And he says this right after. He says he does not come to judge the world. He says he who rejects me and does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.